G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. You're on Vision Christian Radio. It's Neil with you. It is the Wednesday edition of 2020 and conversation shortly. We'll open our talkback lines. You might want to join into our conversation and it's one of those conversations that, you know, you can get really deep into some of the things we'll talk about as we discuss issues around what a worldview is. And for some, uh, real depth is something that you really look for, and others are saying, well, I'll just start with some of the simple stuff about this because it's all new to me. So we'll try and uh, navigate our way through a conversation. You know, there's such significant change that's happening in our nation in what we might call a digitized age that if we're not careful, it's easy to be swept along in a raging torrent of distraction, thinking about truth and purpose and reality. And many are saying we live in a world that's become a hostile place towards Christian faith. And of course, we all have a choice. Either we allow ourselves to be swept along in the current, or we can sharpen our ability to resist the flow. Growing our maturity as a Christian and understanding the Christian view of God and the world is a start of being able to resist some of the radical changes in our culture. So Today we're talking about what a Christian worldview is and why that might be important. And our special guest is Stu Miller. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim. Back with us today, Stu, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Hey, Stu, for a lot of people, worldview is, you know, part of their vernacular. They like to use that terminology, and we talk about a Christian worldview and in contrast to some other worldviews. Uh, for people who are just starting out here, though, let's start with uh, something fairly uh, easily digestible as an understanding of what a Christian worldview is. How do you explain it? Well, your worldview is is your deep-seated beliefs that affect your whole life. They affect how you think, how you feel, how you act. Your behavior really is based on your values that you have in your life, and your values are based on your worldview, your, your deep-seated beliefs. So it affects your whole life, uh, your whole perception of the world. It affects how you view the world, what, what you do, who you vote for. It affects everything. And as a Christian, as a Christian worldview, we, we draw our worldview from the Bible uh, as the source of truth uh, for what we believe. And, you know, when you say who you'll vote for, all of a sudden <laughs> there's, uh, there's this little bit of, uh, you know, my ears are pricked. Yep. And I'm thinking, oh, is this all about a political worldview that you're talking about here? And if we're talking about a Christian worldview... Is there a partisan side of politics? So, uh, you know, I, I guess we are jumping into some deeper end here. But, um, but you know, when you say who will vote for, yes, mm. and I absolutely agree. This mm. affects who you will vote for, or at least the policies that you'll vote for. Yes. But, um, you know, we're not talking about a political worldview here. We're talking about a Christian worldview, which That's is right. actually bigger 
Absolutely. than the political worldview. Absolutely, and it was just something that popped into my mind because I'm just thinking this worldview affects so many things, not just who you vote for, but what you know, how you're going to live your life, who you're going to marry. Um, you know, these are big things. You know, and uh, they should be based on a Christian worldview. If you're a Christian, then the way we behave. What we do, how we think, how we view the world, how we spend our time should all be based on that Christian worldview. And it's, I guess, fair to say that everyone has a worldview, Mm. but not everyone has a Christian worldview. That's right. Is it fair enough to say that not every Christian has a Christian worldview? (laughs) <laughs> well, that's an interesting question, and I would say that, um, yes, that probably is the case, because if we're uh, defining a Christian worldview as based on the Bible, uh, not everyone who claims to be a Christian is basing their life on what the Bible says or believes firmly in what the Scriptures do, uh, say or even understands what the Scriptures say about what they should believe. So when someone comes to Christ in Mm -hmm. faith, and we might call that a moment when they're born again, uh, when they're justified by God's grace Mm -hmm. and they're brought into the kingdom, that doesn't necessarily mean that all of their thinking has changed from what shaped them in their younger years. No, that's right, you know, and that's a process of, of transforming our mind as, you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about, you know, that transformation of the mind. And that's a part of the process of sanctification. I know that's a big word, but, you know, it's a pro- process of God changing our lives day by day, week by week, year by year for the rest of our lives. And um, uh, we, we'll never be perfect, but we God changes us and renews our mind to think more like he would want us to think like his word says. So those words out of Romans chapter 12, mm-hmm. verse 2, mm-hmm. don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, That's right. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so That's you right. can test God's good and perfect will. Mm. That's actually a really fabulous foundation scripture it for is. people thinking about how mm. my thinking is supposed to change. That's right. And there's some choice in that too because you mm. can choose to be conformed to the patterns of this world or you mm. can choose to allow yourself to be transformed by God. Mm. And one of the big criticisms of the, of the modern church is that we're taking on, we're looking way too much like the world and not looking as much like Christ as we should be. And um, I, I think in some ways that, that that's a, a fair criticism and in some ways it, it may be not. Um, but the reality is that if we are a Christian, we're not wanting to be conformed by the world. We wanted to be transformed by God and with the renewing of our mind. And and it's a sad thing for me to to find that a lot of Christians don't actually understand what they believe, let alone why they believe it, and let alone able to actually articulate that, you know, and actually give an account of the hope that they have within them to other people when they're challenged on their worldview. And, you know, you can't get a big download of this all just in one sermon at church on a Sunday, can you? Because there's a growing process. Mm -hmm. And so you might start off your Christian walk uh, with a very uh, low-level Christian worldview, still shaped by those issues of the world, uh, Mm. worldliness, those things that are as I think I mentioned in that uh, in that introduction, you know, uh, drawn along by the torrent mm. uh, of things that are distractive. Uh, so, in some sense, you've got to be committing yourself to a regular uh, mm. update and insight and nurture and feeding on God's word to actually adjust to His worldview. 
Absolutely. I think, you know, our personal time with God each day needs to be there. And, um, you know, life can get very busy. We can be distracted with many, many things. But ultimately, you know, our personal relationship with God should be the number one priority in our lives. And if we're not spending that time in prayer and in God's word, uh, we're not allowing God to transform our minds. And uh, we can be hit with all sorts of things because we are in a hostile world often. You know, many Christians feel that in their workplaces, in their schools, in their universities particularly. Uh, it's very hostile towards the Christian worldview. And if you're not spending that time with God and in fellowship with others and at church and in an environment where others are encouraging you in your faith and to grow, uh, then it becomes very difficult. Of course, uh, we'll often be encouraging people to have a daily devotion yes. and uh, to use a devotional. And yes. so the word for today comes that's to right. mind because that's the one people will hear about when they're listening to vision. And, that's right. and there's a thought that is expounded upon uh, mm. in each of those daily devotions. And if you do that regularly, something mm. begins to change in your heart and mind. And not just mm. because you've read someone's devotional, but because mm. there's scripture it's that right. goes along with those sorts of things. And it's God's word that's the pre- the, the preeminent uh, focus for change, isn't it? It's not just in a devotional. It's God's word. It's the Bible that's the preeminent change agent. Yeah, absolutely. And and reading your Bible is, is primary for us. But devotionals are incredibly important. And I know the word for today expounds the Christian worldview and brings out the scriptures and so helps people to understand. Because sometimes reading the Bible on its own uh, can be a challenge for some people. Uh, and so having a devotional is an, an excellent way of, of bringing out the scriptures a bit more. I would say for worldview, as well as, as reading your Bible and having a devotional, which I think is, is really good, is um, getting involved in some of the apologetics organisations, you know, watching some things on YouTube, you know, from some of these great organisations like um, Stand to Reason and other, you know, ones that are producing videos. That are, some of them are very short, but they give great little answers to things, you know, and it can equip you in your workplace, in your school, in your university to give some great answers uh, to, you know, the hope that we have within us. Would you say that uh, those types of studies that you might do or mm. the discussion groups that you might be a part of and could be mm. a small group with your church, that those things are a part of a lifelong discipleship? Because sometimes we think of discipleship as those things I learned at the beginning when I first started uh, right. putting my faith in Christ. Uh, mm. But somehow or other there is a lifelong learning mm. uh, that does need to happen to maintain and grow a mature Christian worldview. Mm. Absolutely. And I, and I think it needs to be 101 for every church. And unfortunately, we're finding a lot of young people going to universities and then they're losing their faith because they think science disagrees with Scripture and, and they haven't actually been taught some of these apologetics, how science and the Bible uh, mesh perfectly. Uh, they haven't uh, understood you know, good reasons for why there is a God, why we can trust the Bible. You know, these are the sort of things that I think need to be 101, along with understanding what, what is the gospel. You know, <laughs> many uh, Christians that, that I ask, and I meet them out on the street or wherever, as you know, they don't actually understand what the gospel message is. And I think, you know, we've got to be better in our churches at communicating what is the gospel and how can we answer some of these questions as to why we believe in God and why we believe in the Bible. So that, uh, that raises an interesting question. Um, you know, what do you start with? Understanding what the gospel is <laughs> yep. uh, or understanding what the church, some might say, well, you know, start with the Apostles' Creed, understand mm-hmm. what 
the church believes, uh, what has been decided on as being those things that are true, uh, or do you start with a gospel presentation or understanding what you've actually done when you've said, Jesus, come into my heart, uh, forgive my sins, uh, make me a new creation? I mean, uh, understanding that first or, or some of these other firm truths? Well, I think they should be one and the same. Uh, the, the creeds and the, and the beliefs of the church should be very centered in the gospel message. And so I think understanding the gospel, understanding, you know, what's just happened to you as a new Christian, what is this, you know, I mean, clearly if you've become a Christian, you've heard the gospel because you've responded to it by surrendering to Christ. Um, but understanding what that gospel message is so you can communicate it to others is really, really important because we're all called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so of course, I'm very passionate about that as, a, as an evangelism trainer. Um, we've got our G7 app that helps helps Christians be able to communicate the gospel in an easy way. Um, and uh, But yeah, that should be 101, I think. And then after that, you know, how do we trust the Bible? Why should we trust the Bible? How do you know God's real? Uh, why is there so much suffering in the world? You know, uh, who made God? All these questions that we're going to be asked and or think of ourselves that we need good uh, quality answers to. Now, Stu, uh, get into some deeper areas here because mm-hmm. uh, Christians recognize that there is a battle going on mm-hmm. and uh, there's a spiritual battle and it's a battle for the hearts and minds of people. Mm. Uh, so this Christian worldview, mm-hmm. uh, how that fits when we say things are getting darker around us. Yes. There is a more hostile world that we live in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as hostile towards Christian faith when uh, you and I were a few years younger. That's right. Uh, but now it's a little more hostile. Darkness gets darker, but mm-hmm. somehow or other light gets brighter. Now we actually understand that there's a contrast that the Christian worldview actually does stand out from some of the other worldviews we're exposed to. How do you describe the difference and the value of our Christian worldview? Well, it definitely has become more polarised um, to, to, you know, 10, 20 years ago. You, you, you used to be able to be a Christian and that was sort of okay and you can sort of just meander through life. Now it's like becoming, because like you say, the darkness is getting darker, It you know, automatically you're seen differently. Um, and so... How do you navigate that? Again, a good quality personal relationship with God. Um, encouraging your church to to bring some good apologetics teaching so you can actually have some good answers to understand what you believe, why you believe it, and how can I communicate that with my workmates, my, my um, university's uh, mates. When I'm in discussions, how do I give a good answer for the faith that I have? And so um, truth stands up to scrutiny. I always think, let's engage the conversation. If you don't know the answer, and none of us know all the answers, just say to the person, hey, I'll get back to you on that. That's a great question or whatever. Um, So never fear getting into a conversation just in case someone asks you a tricky question. But I would say try to be as prepared as possible um, before you get into those conversations because then you can have some great answers for people. And you can be in the shallow end or the deep end and understanding, you know, what truth means. Mm. Uh, What behaviours am I expected to aspire to because now I've decided to be like Mm. Christ? Mm. Uh, There's big challenges in all of that. It's not actually an easy path. It's not easy believism when you decide that you're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm. We're going to continue our conversation in just a few moments. I want to open our talkback line. You might like to contribute a question 
A comment, even a critique for our conversation is welcome today. 1-800-316-316. Stu Miller is our guest. And one of these, I guess you'd call it a heart-to-heart conversation. There's, you know, there's not a lot of preparation in what we've been uh, talking about so far. We've got some foundational thoughts in place, but you might like to help direct where our conversation goes. 1-800-316-316. We're talking about a Christian worldview. Our special guest is Stu Miller. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim. And 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. In fact, before we go any further, why don't we take a call, Stu? Wayne is in Mackay in Queensland. Hi, Wayne. Welcome along. Yeah. How are you? Good? Good, yes. What are your thoughts? Yeah, mate, um, I've just caught the end part about being a disciple of Christ. I've um, I've been a Christian for about 31 years, and yet from the moment I became a Christian... It hasn't been easy, but it's been the best years of my life. And what I've learned through, what I've learned by what I've gone through has just drawn me closer to God. And like my relationship, my desire is for my relationship with the Holy Spirit to become stronger and stronger and stronger every day. I love getting together with the Holy Spirit. It's a 24-7 thing, but I don't leave home at all there until I have that time, read my word, and, and um, yeah, it just... Yeah, you know, wait on what God wants me to do, um, to serve him with my whole heart. Am I perfect in doing it? Am I going to make, make mistakes on the way? Well, God turns them around for good anyhow. And as I said, I mean, I've come from a, a drug addict for 22 years, and now I've been clean for 31. To, yep, I've gone through what you go through on being a Christian, but honestly, at times... They seem hard and tough, but they've been the best years of my life to get me where I am today. Wonderful stuff, Wayne. A thought or two here from Stu. Yeah, Wayne, you've got a fantastic testimony of God transforming your life, and I think you're absolutely right in that, you know, that personal time with God, uh, spending that before you get out into the day and being open to whatever God would lead you into. Uh, is fantastic because I think that God can use you in incredible ways as you go about your day to be able to uh, share with others the good news, the gospel of Jesus, and to share what's happened to you, and that's a a powerful thing. So good on you, Wayne. Wayne, thanks so much for your call, 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, we're talking about worldview. Just to come back to something that Wayne shared there, Mm -hmm. because going through difficult times, Mm. the experience of your life, while we were talking about the Bible, God's Word, shaping our worldview, Mm. sometimes... It's the trials and the challenges we go through, Stu. I mean, there are lots of dimensions here in the way that our worldview develops. Absolutely. And I think uh, as we change in that process of sanctification that we talked about before, God changing our lives, um, I think the, the Bible gives us the ideas for change. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to change. Other Christians are like the agents of change. Um, C.S. Lewis calls it the chisel of change, you know, that uh, suffering uh, often is the thing that it actually, sorry, uh, C.S. Lewis calls suffering the chisel of change, sorry, not other Christians. (laughs) 
Although I think that can be, you know, one and the same sometimes. People talk about sandpaper ministry. That's right. Being abrasive, rubbing up against one another, it's not always so easy either. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. But but yeah, suffering is like the chisel of change. It's the instrument that that God often uses to change. And if you're a bit like me, I'm a bit hard-skinned, Neil, and, and I might read my Bible and, you know, be open to God changing me, but it's not until there's a bit of suffering in my life that I I change the most. And so it's suffering can be a very positive thing. It's not something we, we look forward to or want to bring into our lives, but like um, Wayne said before, you know, God works all things for the good of those who love him. So yeah, God can turn that into good and can help us to become closer to him and to rely on him more um, and, yeah, know him more. Let's take another call. Tony is in Greenslopes in Queensland. Hi, Tony. Welcome. Hi. How you going, guys? Good, Tony. Good. What are your thoughts? Good. Look, um, I found, uh, because I drive Uber, I have uh, exceptional opportunities to speak to people. And the other day, somebody brought up the fact, well, you can't see God. Show me God. Show me God. And I was thinking of what I heard about Albert Einstein and a great man, John Lennox, talking, a great Christian mathematician, saying, well, they've discovered there are dimensions beyond our third dimension that we live in this world, and God is outside space and time. And even atheist science have said that there are multi, multi-dimensions beyond our realm, our three-dimensional world realm. And God chose to come down as the sun, entered our 3D world because he knew we were simple people that needed a simple explanation for a wonderful gospel. Mm. And, you know, people think about that. Oh, there's other dimensions. Yes, that's right. Even secular people talk about these things. Mm. Tony, good thoughts there. Other dimensions, God in his transcendence, uh, above all and yet uh, imminently close. Uh, Thoughts here for Tony? Yeah, absolutely, Tony. I think um, it's a question that a lot of people ask. They go, well, if God's there, why doesn't he show himself to me? You know, how do you know he's actually there? I can't see him. There's a lot of things we can't see, but we believe in. We believe in gravity. We believe in air, the wind. We believe in, uh, We, I mean, we're sitting in a studio at the moment at, at Vision, and uh, I know that someone built this. I've never seen the builder of the building, but, uh, you know, just because I haven't seen him, I doesn't mean he doesn't exist. In fact, I know there was a builder who built this building. This couldn't have just come together because it's intelligently designed. When I see a piece of art, I know there's an artist. I, you don't go, oh, well, that just, you know, some, some ink just splashed onto a page there and the Mona Lisa came out. You know, like, I know some invented that. I've never seen the, the artist uh, of most of the pictures that I've, you know, art that I've seen, but I know there was an artist. I mean, the evidence of the artist is in the art. The evidence of a builder is in the building. The evidence of creation, uh, of the creator, is in creation. And we know, uh, regardless of being able to see God, we know that he's there because we can see the evidence of his intelligent design. And Tony, you're at the wheel of your Uber and you've got lots of passengers. Uh, You're Mm. clearly someone who doesn't mind opening up a conversation about these things. Uh, Just give us a little insight into your day-to-day activity. Well, I'll either have vision on or I'll have worship music, and some people say, oh, that's lovely music, who's that? Um, And it opens up a conversation. Or with some people, I'll leave them them with a riddle. um, I'm I'm younger than my mother, but the same age as my father. Who am I? And 
I'll leave them with that riddle. Of course, we know that's Jesus. Um, or leave them with a thought like, um, you know, that great man, the missionary, uh, he is no fool who gives up that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. So, again, I'll leave people with a riddle. I'll say, look it up. And obviously, they'll look it up and see it's a quote from a missionary who gave his life for Christ. So sometimes it's just dropping little hints. I've actually led people to the Lord in the car, which has been fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. So, yes, great opportunity. Tony, you are an inspiration, and I want to thank you so much for calling in and uh, just giving your your, uh, impression here about our conversation and uh, just sharing those insights. Uh, Just fabulous. Tony from Greenslopes in Queensland, thank you so much for joining us. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about worldviews. You know, the first and easiest, most important place to start, Stu. Mm. Uh, Sometimes people say, well, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, Mm -hmm. in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Correct. Isn't that the beginning of a Christian Mm. worldview, understanding that there is a difference? Either God created or God didn't. I start with God created, Mm. it's going to change everything I think. Absolutely. And that's a great place to start because the, the, the foundation of your worldview, if God created and he made us in his image, that changes everything. It changes the whole way you view human beings, the value of human beings. Human beings have intrinsic value because God created, because God intentionally made us uh, in his image. So we are valuable, infinitely valuable to him. So in light of that, um, you sort of think if you don't believe in Genesis 1-1, if you don't have a Christian worldview, if you don't believe that we're intrinsically valuable, well, that changes how you view everything. I mean, uh, it might be an issue of abortion, for example. Like, well, if you don't believe that God created, well, we're just lumps of chemicals. We're just an insignificant lump of atoms that came together by chance. We're just a random process of accident. Then what's the problem with killing human life? I mean, there's no difference really between a human and a slug. We're just a different chemical makeup. So if a baby is going to be inconveniencing you, just get rid of it. And, you know, so there's a... But if you have a Christian worldview, you say, well, God created us. He made us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. Then that changes everything. It changes how you view people, how you treat people. It changes everything. And regular listeners will know that we come back to those verses in Genesis so Mm. often when we're talking about some of the big ethical issues Mm. that are changing in our Australian culture right now, changing the laws of our states and territories and federally. Mm. Hey, we're going to continue our conversation after Vision National News. Stu Miller is our guest. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim, traintoproclaim.com and, of course, the G7 app. We're going to continue our conversation about a Christian worldview after news. Coming up today with Mandy. Well, good morning. Happy open on 1-800-316-316 to join into our conversation. Stu, before we go any further, why don't we take another call? Wendy is in Casino in New South Wales. Hi, Wendy. Welcome along. G'day, Neil. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you, Wendy. What are your thoughts for our conversation? Well, you know, I'm a poet, don't you? I've written, I've spent the odd time um, speaking some poems on your show. Yes, I've got one that's called right. The Worldview Wars. So I'm wondering whether you'd like to hear it today. So now what's it called again? It's called Worldview... The Worldview Wars. The Worldview Wars. All right, mm. yes. Okay. It, let's, as long as it's not too long, but hit us with your best okay. verses. 
Okay, the worldview wars. Two worldviews are at war today, and both are poles apart. They're coming to a head right now, and the battle is set to start. The newer one says we've evolved from little else but slime and changed and grown amazingly with lots and lots of time. The ancient view says God made us and everything on earth, and he has a plan to prosper us right from our very birth. The first one says there are no rules except the ones we set, and we can do whatever we like and take what we can get. If breaking laws that we don't like is something that we choose, then we can simply change the laws to fit in with our views. To us, the world's our plaything to do what we like best. But people must agree with us or else there'll be a mess. The old view that God has a plan and we must do his will to follow his ways if we want what's best, many follow still. He says he knows what man is like and knows what's in his heart. And so he seeks to help us right from the very start. Many still believe this view, although it's seen as old, and many strive to follow him and live as we've been told. The battle lines are drawn up. Folks must take their stand. Either God is who he says or else we follow man. With God, the choice is easy. He's told us we will win. With man, the end is messy and stained with lots of sin. God's word says we need to choose which path we will take. So let's choose God and ancient ways for earth and heaven's sake. Wonderful stuff, Wendy. And uh, just in those last words, choosing those ancient pathways, that is something that's significant. And uh, there's ancient pathways mentioned in the Bible too, and that would be reference to even, you know, the Old Testament law and the prophets and the ancient pathways that sometimes can be forgotten. Uh, So, Wendy, wonderful uh, insight there. What's your book called again? My poetry book's called The Road to Glory, and there's lots of good poems like that in it. <laughs> and uh, give listeners uh, your uh, full name so they can Google you and uh, maybe get a hold of your book, Wendy. Uh, I'm not on Google, but you can get me on from my Facebook page. It's Wendy. My Facebook page is Wendy Words, W-O-R-D-S. Wendy Words, if you want to get a hold yeah. of Wendy's poetry. Wendy, thank yeah. you so much for a great contribution today on 2020. Hey, interestingly, in Wendy's poem there, Stu, Mm -hmm. uh, there is this concept of battle lines drawn, Mm. uh, that there is a battle that is to be fought. Um, We mentioned a little earlier, sometimes you can have a head-in-the-sand attitude, well, I don't want to be getting a battle. I mean, what are you saying? Get into some sort of hostile territory and put my safety at risk? Um, Some people might be wondering why it's important to have a Christian worldview and to be courageous enough to stand for that because, uh, you know, one of those scriptures that comes to mind uh, from Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 13 and 14, enter through the narrow gate, for Mm. wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Interestingly, there is this choice that we're given in Scripture. Jesus gives us a choice. That's right. What are your thoughts here for, you know, battle lines drawn, um, head in the sand, or making a choice to stand? Mm. Well, worldview is incredibly important. If we think of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes 
in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, the whole eternity is at stake as to what we believe. And our worldview fundamentally is our deep-seated beliefs. Do we believe in Christ or not? So it makes a massive difference, not only in our life here on earth, but forever for all of eternity. And that scripture you, you, you quoted, you know, that narrow gate that we need to walk is the way of following Christ. Now, there, there is a battle going on in this world, and it's for the souls of men and women uh, and their whole eternity. Um, and so there's that battle for people's salvation between the works of darkness and the works of God, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. There's also the cultural war that's going on that uh, we've often spoken about and Vision speaks about a lot on the show, the cultural wars of you know all the issues that are coming up in our society at the moment. And, of course, your worldview determines where you are in that cultural war. And, and I would say that, you know, for the people going, oh, I don't really want to enter this war, I think the fact that we're lamenting a lot of the Christian values that are being lost in our society is because Christians haven't been prepared to put their, their neck out. They don't want to stick their neck out and uh, you know be aimed at by other people. They don't want to be the odd one out. Um, and it's because of that that we have this, you know, morality is dropping in our society. We've got to make a stand. We've got to not only uh, stick our neck out, but be proud to be a Christian and for and go, you know what? We should hold these values, and this is why, because tr- truth stands up to scrutiny. Like our, our worldview actually is the only worldview that's consistent, uh, coherent, uh, and logical, and answers all the base questions of life. Where do we come from? Where? Why are we here? Who are we? You know, we've got this identity crisis in our society at the moment, and the answer is in Christ, because the, the Christian worldview answers all these questions. Where am I going? How should I live? You know, all these questions, these base questions are answered through the Christian worldview. And Jesus came preaching a gospel, a gospel of the kingdom. Uh, Just check on what the gospel really contains there, Mm. uh, Luke chapter 4, and Jesus opens the scroll and he reads it out in the synagogue. But we've got a a kingdom gospel. That's right. And while the issues of the day in the culture wars are politicized, sometimes partisan, Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really disturbing when both sides, when you think one conservative side, one progressive side, when the conservative side looks just as progressive as the progressives. Yes. Uh, and those things, and, and sometimes we're identifying and defining those things according to our Christian worldview. That's right. So you've got a kingdom culture in all of this. Mm. We're followers of the king. There is something that right. Christians commit themselves to when they come to Christ. Mm. We say, Lord, I want to make you uh, Lord and Saviour. So mm. let lordship is really about an acknowledgement of God as king mm. and his truth is supreme. So when his truth then comes into conflict with the alternative worldviews, then mm. we're called to stand for his truth. It's a kingdom view, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. The political uh, parties may sort of veer more and more to the left, unfortunately, you know, um, but God never changes. And um, unfortunately, because of the shift in society, even the the so-called conservative parties that are moving further and further left, because God hasn't changed, that's what's causing this polarization with Christians and this this cultural war, because Christianity will never change. The standards stay the same. They don't shift. And even though society is shifting, we're just showing that there is a gap between what the world believes and what 
Jesus says. You know, I heard a nice compliment yesterday in a conversation about radio. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, we're here talking about Christian things on Christian radio. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about things that don't change, helping Mm -hmm. people to navigate through all of this confusion. And, uh, And the nice compliment I heard was that with the torrent of information that is Mm. available, Mm. people get confused because you can look at infinite numbers of opinions, YouTube clips and posts on social media. Mm. There's an infinite number and and people are coming back to, uh, in in the conversation that was mentioned, and uh, you won't know the name of the person if I mentioned them, but, but the conversation was about... People coming back to traditional radio because Mm. at least there's something that is often being uh, talked about, which Mm. is firm, which has been considered. Uh, There's a place where you can identify what is true and what is not. And Mm. so there's a little bit of a compliment there for uh, for Christian radio. And I know that some people listening to this program will see Mm. that some of those things come through too because we say, well, you know, God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It isn't going to change. Uh, so let's get on his team and stand for his side. Mm. Hey, come back to the caller we had just before the news. Yes. His name was Tony, and uh, he drives an Uber, and mm. he likes to leave his Uber clients uh, with some riddles. Mm. And uh, we mentioned uh, a couple of those. In fact, he said, he said, who is younger than his mother, but the same age as his father? Yes. And the answer, of course, no, it's not difficult. Jesus. It's Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the other one he said, and uh, we didn't mention which missionary said this, but uh, we'll tell we'll tell you his name now. But um, um, uh, but uh, but Tony said he is, he, no he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Yes. And that quote attributed to Jim, Jim Elliot. Elliot. Yep. Now. Uh, apart from those two riddles, which would be really good to be able to memorize if you're good at memorizing riddles yeah. and uh, yeah. because they actually get you thinking about mm. some reality issues. This is something that is a little bit similar to what Jesus did. Mm. Give us your impression here about yeah. worldviews and how Jesus was able to convey truth in stories. Yeah, well, we need to think about how are we going to communicate the Christian worldview in a hostile environment? Because if we just say, rah, 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 you know, if we try to push our view, then people just go, oh, well, that's your opinion. And then if they've got their opinion and it clashes with their opinion, then there's just a bit of a war that goes on and you don't seem to get a lot very far in an argument. But Jesus was a master at, uh, you know, asking questions. And he, and speaking parables, you know, like which is sort of like riddles, you know, it's an analogy of, of something else. And so he used those techniques, and and Tony was using the same thing, asking people questions or giving them a riddle to think about, because it's stimulating people to think. Now, I think questions is just so underrated. I think um, when you're talking about worldviews with other people, rather than push your worldview on someone. Uh, for example, one of the the um, callers said, you know, that people were asking. I think it was Tony actually who's saying about you can't see God, you know, rather than saying, oh yeah, yeah, but you can't, can't see, you know, this and you can't see that, you know, and giving some examples like I did. Um, a good thing might be to say, ask the question, well, do you only believe in things that you can see? And the person might be, yeah, if you can't see it, it's not real. So, so you don't have a brain. I assume you haven't seen your brain. 
I, I, know, might like, have, I might have seen someone else's. <laughs> that's right. So, and then they might start to think, well, you know, actually I do believe in a whole lot of things that I don't, don't you know, what about the wind? You don't believe in the wind? You know, but asking it as a question rather than to telling them things is, is good, you know. You, you don't believe in air. You don't believe in gravity. You know, asking those questions, simply, oh, well, of course, those are real. Those are real. You know, you can see the effect of it. So, so you can't see the effect of God in this world. You can't see the effect of a creator in creation. You can't see intelligent design in, in the design of the universe. Asking questions is not is very disarming, and it's not you pushing your beliefs on someone else. It's just helping them to see the holes in their own beliefs, and uh, it's an excellent technique. You're getting all evangelist on us now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when we talk worldview, Christian worldview, and uh, you know, we've been talking about alternatives. Uh, mm. There are other alternatives, and you know, we could get into a big long list mm. of alternatives, and we won't today. But come around some of these key questions mm. that the Christian worldview answers, because mm. when we're looking for that meaning, looking for that purpose. Mm. Uh, looking for, uh, you know, who am I and those mm. sorts of things. Um, those things that actually give us a level of stability in our own thinking, a framework by which to be able to judge all other things. Mm. Uh, how do you come around those things essentially that where we might start with getting these, you know, foundations in place for having a Christian worldview? Well, we need to believe in truth to begin with. And I think uh, one of the challenges that we have with a lot of people when we have discussions today is that they're relativistic. They would say either there is no truth or I have my truth and you have your truth and they're both true. Now, there's a massive problem with both of those. If someone says to me there is no truth, I just go, oh, really? Is, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, so then they go, oh, no, no, you know what I mean. There's no absolute truth. And I say, are you absolutely sure about that? <laughs> of course, they're making an absolute truth statement by saying there is no truth or no absolute truth. Um, so it's ridiculous, um, you know, to, to state that. And they go, well, I've got my truth and you've got your truth and we can both be right. And I say, well, not if they're mutually exclusive, not if they're saying completely opposite things. And I, and the example I give is, is that every worldview is brought, broken down into three different types of worldviews. You either believe there's only one God there's many gods or there's no God. And every worldview has to fit into one of those things because if there is no God, then clearly there's not one God or many gods. And if there's many gods, then there can't be only one God and there can't be no gods because there's many gods. And if there is only one God, like we believe as a Christian, then there can't be many gods because there's only one God and there can't be no God because <laughs> there is a God. So you have to put your foot into one of those three camps, and that's a great thing to do in a relativistic, pluralistic society like we live in, when people just think, oh, yeah, you can believe whatever you want, I believe whatever we want, we're all right, we're all, we've all got our own truth. It doesn't work like that because they completely disagree with each other, and there can't be no God and a God at the same time. One's right, one's wrong. <laughs> and I'm um, sure listeners can, in their own mind, think of all of the different groups that yes. might fit into those. So, yes. you know, those, um, you know, many gods. Uh, yes. You can think of organizations like the Baha'is yes. or uh, Hinduism. You know, and, uh, but yep. then there's other ones that are the monotheistic ones. They have one God, yep. and uh, people will be thinking of Judaism. They'll be thinking Islam. of Islam. Mm. So, so there are all sorts of issues that mm. get deeper when you start sure. to get into a more specialized way of thinking about That's your right. worldview. But uh, essentially, though, mm. uh, a recognition that you are 
uh, believing in one God. Mm. Uh, and that was something that was really powerful in the Judeo part of our our Bible. So we're Judeo-Christian, Old mm. Testament, New Testament. All of this is part of our Bible too. So we're, we're embracing truth mm. uh, because we're believing that God is the one who gives truth. That's right. And he proves that he gives truth through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, That's right. uh, just come here for a few moments uh, around the truth that we have. And what affirms that truth? Mm. How do we recognize truth in Jesus Christ being mm. the Son of God? Well, it's a really good question. And, and uh, Pilate asked that very question. He said, what is truth? And still today, people are going, well, we, we don't know what truth is. You've got your truth. I've got my truth. How do we know? As a Christian, we don't believe the truth is sort of out there. We believe it's in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Again, that's a great polarizing statement, you could say. People might think, why are you calling that a great polarizing statement? But again, it's showing that you can't believe in many gods or other gods. Either Jesus was lying or he's telling the truth. And if he is the truth, he is the way, then we need to follow him and follow him alone, which means it excludes every other religion, every other worldview. And so it, that's why I think it's great, because it's a truth statement that he's making. Now, Jesus, uh, as you know, C.S. Lewis said, he's, he's either a, a liar, a lunatic, or he's Lord. And you've got to say, well, was he a liar, or is he telling the truth? And many people would say, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'd never say that Jesus was a liar. I'd say, well, if he's telling the truth, then he's the only way to God. You need to follow Jesus. And if you're saying he's a liar, well, then you've got to have a look at all his, his other truth statements and all the things that our foundation of the Western world is built on today is upon Jesus Christ, you know. So that you'd be a brave person to argue that. Powerful stuff. Jesus is truth and uh, his resurrection in all of that mm. as you explore uh, yep. the circumstantial evidence around the resurrection. That's, right. uh, that's uh, as another affirmation. Hey, let's squeeze in one more quick call. James yeah. is in Kyabram in Victoria. Hi, James. Welcome. G'day, Neil. How are you doing? Good, James. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, just uh, like you hear about replacement theology, um, I'm, I'm laboring on this verse I shared once before, Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free. There is neither male and, or, and female for you all, one in Christ Jesus, saying that we're all on the same foundation. There's no preference, you know, like God's not into partiality, as James puts it in, you know, putting one down high and the other. But I'm not the replacement theology, I don't believe that the Vision Radio is into replacement theology. Other people said, oh, they believe in replacement theology, that we're the new Israel, that, you know, the Jew, but I, you know, we have that. I'm grafted in. I'm a wild olive branch grafted into the rootstock of the Jewish uh, Jewish people, but I'm not a Jew. I'm not saying claiming to be Jew, but I'm a Jewish Messiah. And and uh, so, just that putting that equal footing. Of a lady I know died. She went to heaven and she saw Jesus. Jesus appeared to her, neither male nor female, um, but she experienced such love and acceptance. Why he didn't take her any further than that, I don't know. But it explains to me that verse that he was trying to say because she's very strong in her family heritage, the Cossack line and all this. But there's no there's no preference. That doesn't make her any better than anybody else. So whatever you believe, whatever you think, we're all equal. We're all equal in, in Christ. He you know, we've all mm. got the same opportunity, haven't we? Um, in my yeah. evangelism, you yeah, come across some different views and opinions. 
James, uh, sometimes we like to actually explore some of those things because, yes, that concept of replacement theology, that comes from the thought that somehow or other now that Christians have the good news, that that replaces what God was doing with his chosen people, the Jewish people. We like to spend a lot of time talking about what's going on in Israel today Mm. because... A simple way I think of just explaining that is that uh, while we say we have discovered the Messiah, we will say that those Jewish people, uh, the Israelis today, are waiting for their Messiah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still the same person, perhaps they've not yet discovered Jesus is Messiah. So uh, there's not a replacement theology that comes through in the sorts of discussions that go on uh, with this sort of program. Uh, Mm. Some people do take a little bit of a prideful view of saying that, you know, that Judaism uh, doesn't matter anymore because, uh, you know, we're Christians. Uh, There's a certain sense in which that's a little bit more nuanced and you have to appreciate what God is doing with his chosen people. And as you say, James, wonderfully, uh, we're grafted in. And that's a great way of thinking of that. Stu, did you have something very quick to add to to that for James? Well, I just wanted to say, James, that you're absolutely right about, you know, there's no more Jew or Greek or male or female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And I think Christianity is the great leveler. And just getting back to our topic today of worldview, when we talk about, you know, the, the way that we are in the West and the reason that, the, you know, that, that females have the vote is because of, Christians that have campaigned for 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 women to have vote because they say we're you know they're not inferior to males they are one we're, we're all made in the image of God and we all valued in the same way there's no black or white or you know it doesn't matter what race you are there's no superiority why because we're all one race we all come we're part of the human race that God has created we're all created in His image and so Christianity has been fighting against racism and sexism and all these things it's for for a long time and the reason that we have these rights today in society is because of Christians in the past who have fought for those rights because they believe in the Bible have a biblical worldview and so I think it's a great point to raise when we're talking with people that uh, this is the way God sees things and this is why we believe what we believe James thank you so much for your call time's run out Stu and Mm. uh, so let's just uh, wrap things up here sure Uh, listeners who want to explore more uh, mm. Christian worldview. Now you can go on and do university studies in yes. all of these sorts of things. I mean, there is real depth in mm. all of this. Some who are thinking, well, this is just sort of you know, you know, uh, insignificant. Uh, this is not insignificant. Having a Christian worldview mm. guiding everything—not what you just think about religiously, but everything in your whole life. This is a all-encompassing, pervasive way of connecting with God and having Mm. the mind of Christ in that sense of Mm. being able to discern all things uh, through his uh, mind that we'll uh, discover in Scripture. Mm. Um, So for people connecting with you, Stu, and let me just say, because I often will say this, uh, you're available to speak to to groups. Absolutely. uh, You'll travel to uh, Mm -hmm. if, uh, if you can get there. Uh, Zoom meetings and such things. Yes. I know you were recently just sharing on this topic at a, a great Worldview uh, conference yes. event for young people. Uh, mm. You're available, so, you know, prepare to travel. Absolutely. Love to. So to connect with Stu Miller, traintoproclaim.com. Traintoproclaim.com. You can download the G7 app. It helps you share your faith simply. Mm. And anything else special coming up, Stu? 
Oh, I just wanted to say that the uh, we have another website, answersaboutlife.com, and that answers questions like, you know, how do you know God's there? How can we trust the Bible? Why is there so much suffering in the world? So if you're sort of wondering about those questions and want to be better equipped to be able to give a good answer to other people, uh, that's a great website to uh, encourage non-Christians to go to because it has a gospel. It's got the G7 uh, video, a uh, seven-minute video on, on the gospel uh, that lays out some uh, summary of the message of the Bible in seven minutes. It's a fantastic video, but it's also got those questions on there that may be barriers to, to people coming to faith. And so they're good for you to read it, uh, so you can have some good answers and good to refer other people to the site because it's got the gospel and some of those answers on it. Answersaboutlife.com and traintoproclaim.com. Stu, great having another update today. Thanks for joining us on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.